3: I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app,
0: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: On The Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that.
4: My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working on the cover I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good-looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I Usually my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, a glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, Bam! Give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record
3: with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of the Jordan Harbinger Show.
0: I have great news. We have a new federal law being proposed. Also defunding the police, and finally, a lawnmower, even I would ride. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. I'm going to break something to you that nobody else has been willing to break to you, but allow me to just give it to you straight when it comes to this policing, racial disparities, racial discrimination, police brutality, whatever buzzwords you want to use for it, whatever you want to say about it, the problems we're seeing right now in these American cities, whether there be a real racism problem in the police department or whether the problem lies elsewhere, I don't know. And you know the reason I don't know is because there's probably not one answer to that question. You see, there's not one universal problem In the United States of America, the founders knew this. The founders knew this would always be the case, and as America has expanded, as our population has gone from wee little tiny to a lot, that has only increased. You see, the same cities—they are the same cities. The same problems they face in Minneapolis are not the problems they face in rural Oklahoma. In fact, even the cities themselves have different problems. Chicago has different problems than New York City, who has different problems than L.A., who has different problems than Seattle, who has different problems than Houston. We want so often, because it makes life easier and more palatable, we want so often to simplify a problem that's not always simple. And so when we look at what we're looking at now, let's say you're one of these people who thinks there are some police departments out there that are are, are racist. It's not all of them, though, right? I mean, everybody can agree on that. It's certainly not all of them. You and I could argue all day long about the statistics and whatnot, but I think everybody on earth would say, well, it's not every police department. That's ridiculous. So if it's not every police department, if each city and each department has its own problems, why would I want a new federal law for any reason? Why aren't these protests actually More focused on cities, and that's where the problem is, right? If you're if you're tearing apart Target in Minneapolis, for whatever reason, isn't your problem with the Minneapolis police? They're not rioting against the Federal Bureau of Investigation, although you can argue that'd be warranted. As far as I know, there's nobody rioting against rioting against the FBI. The people in New York City, they're rioting against the NYPD. Houston, they're rioting against the Houston PD. Why are the riots then not focused on the individual cities who everybody appears to have a problem with? It would simplify the problem, right? Don't just black lives matter. Okay, well what does that mean? Oh, there's racism. Okay, well who's racist? America. All right, well that's probably not true. Who in America? Cops. Okay, okay, all wait, all the cops? Well, no, some of them. Okay, who? Who? You see what I'm saying? Is we're about to get to this new federal law and whatnot but i get very very nervous when i ask somebody about politics and we have a political discussion and i can't ever get specifics i get really really nervous when i get bumper stickers you see if you ask me policy things i want oh jesse we're gonna make you king for a day you can have all the policies you want um i'm an idiot and i can give you about nine thousand of those well, let's see. We're going to defund this. Well, completely eliminate that. Oh, yep. we're going to eliminate that, too. Yep. we're going to slash that. Oh, that's gone. That's gone. I mean, I can give you a laundry list of specifics. You know what I get when I ask for specific, uh, specifics on what these things want? Well, oh, less racism. That's, that's not a specific. The, the, and the, uh, the, uh, boy, we have to, we have to, more, more education. Okay, what do you mean more education? um, Do you mean you want a new school building? Do you mean you want new teachers? I don't get specifics. And when I don't get specifics, here's what it leads me to believe. That all this is, is the hostage situation, and you're going to accept whatever ransom you can get. That's what I think. I also think a new federal law is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in
5: my life. We cannot settle for anything less transformative structural change, which is why the Justice in Policing Act will remove barriers to pr- prosecuting police misconduct and covering damages by addressing the quality immunity doctrine. It will end to will demilitarize the police by limiting the transfer of military weaponry to state and local police departments. It will combat police brutality by requiring body and Dashboard cameras, banning chokeholds, no-knock warrants in drug cases, and end raci- racial profiling uh, will stop. Uh, will finally make lynching Mr. Hoyer a federal hate crime. And I salute suppl- uh, Chairman, Chairman, Woman Bass, and Representative Bobby Smith, and our two distinguished Senators, Harris and Booker, and others. Uh, for their work in helping to pass HR 35 this year. Produce brutality is heartbreaking reflection of an entrenched system of racial injustice in America. True justice can only be achieved with full comprehensive action. That's what we are doing today. This is a first step. There is more to come. In the coming weeks, the bill, the House will hold hearings, mark up the bill. Once the House passes it, the House, uh, the Justice and Policing Act leader McConnell will sif- hopefully, he must swiftly take it up. Leader in the Congress, uh, the president must not stand in the way of justice. The Congress in the country will not relent until this legislation is made into law. My-
0: first of all, I understand a lot of you are afraid of public speaking. I get that totally get that you stand up in front of people. What if they're going to laugh at me or what not? Let me give you a little heads up on that. Maybe somebody pass this along to Nancy Pelosi. You want to take deep breaths, okay? Deep, slow breaths to calm yourself down. That way, that way you're, you're not doing this the entire time because it's distracting. My word. Take a breath. Calm down. That's one. Two. You know the best part of that? We're going to ban lynching <laughs> at a federal level. Oh, what? You mean we're going to make murder illegal? Fuck. Hey the good lord it was such that is such a huge problem we're gonna tackle now at a federal level i see i always thought murder was already illegal silly me we better get this thing passed through i mean what a bunch of godly gook nonsense again we don't need any federal reforms none of them minneapolis might need specific reforms maybe new york maybe you know rural wyoming Maybe every individual police department needs some reforms. I promise you, what we don't need is any federal bill, ever, when it comes to police reform. Sorry. Bill de Blasio, the most likable man in America, he has some ideas. The Black, Latino, and Asian Caucus has called repeatedly for reconsideration of priorities. Now we're about to go into a budget process over the next few weeks to make the final decisions on the city budget, but I want to make a statement of principle right now
3: that based on the suggestions of the caucus, based on the work of the task force, that we will be moving funding from the NYPD to
0: youth initiatives and social services. The details will be worked out in the budget process in the weeks ahead, but I want people to understand that we are committed to shifting resources uh, to ensure that the focus is on our young people. There it was again. Did you hear it? Did you catch it? After what I just prepped you for? I'm going to make a statement of principle. We're going to move funds from the police to youth services and social services. Okay, what does that mean? I need to know what it means. Because that sounds nice. Again, that sounds fun. I bet you can even put that on a TV commercial. What are you defunding? What are you funding specifically? It's the details that matter, people. Jacob Frey, that uh, well, a little off mayor of Minneapolis. Is that a nice way to put it? Jacob Frey's a little off. We saw him over the weekend. He's dancing with his with his little with his little girl jeans on, trying to appeal to everybody. And this is not exactly what you would call a stalwart of manliness out there. He's not. Uh, yeah, you definitely wouldn't want him leading the charge up a hill somewhere. Even he's like, I don't think we should abolish the police. That doesn't seem smart at all, and that was not well received.
2: Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no? Will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? What did I say? We don't want no more police. Is that clear? We don't want people with guns toting around in our community, shooting us down. You have an answer. It is a yes or a no. It is a yes or a no. Will you defund the Minneapolis Police Department? All right, be quiet y'all. Be quiet cuz it's it's in, it's important that we actually hear this. It's important that we hear this cuz if y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. If y'all don't know he's up for re-election next year. And if he says no, guess what the f- we going to do next year?
3: what you,
4: you
2: say? Gross. I do not support the phone All right! Get the out of here! Go! Go home! Go home, Go home! Go home, Go Go home!
0: I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I love when dumb people get a good old smack on the rear end every now and then, because you know why I love it? Because there's no better way to get smart. There's just not. If you're an idiot, oftentimes the best thing you can, that can happen to you in your life is to suffer from your rampant stupidity. Because then, maybe then, one day you will wake up and realize it's not worth it. Why was he even in that crowd with his stupid mask on? sitting there getting screamed at by that harpy why was he there because he was doing the political pander thing look how much i love you and you know what he got for his trouble absolutely embarrassed in front of everybody else and run out of the place and that is freaking hilarious and one final thing i'll say there that's not uh that's not equality you're searching for when you're standing on stage getting cheered like that speaking like that to somebody, anybody, doesn't matter if it's the mayor. That's supremacy you're looking for. That's ugly. Nobody looks at that and finds that appealing. Nobody. That's ugly. And that ain't going to heal any divide we have in this country. You know what else isn't going to heal any divide we have in this country? This right here.
5: Thank you, team Thank you, Chief! Thank you, Chief! Thank you, Chief! Thank
0: you, Chief! It's not enough, but it's a start! Yes! <laughs> yes! that is the police chief. Nope, that was not a man dressed up. That's a police chief from Webster, Massachusetts. Webster, Massachusetts, laid on his face intentionally with his hands behind his back just to show how sorry he is. And I know my favorite part of that video is somebody flat out yelling, it's still not enough. I've got news for you. You ready, everybody? When you're being fleeced, they're never going to get to a point where they say, oh, we've got enough wool. We're fine. It's never going to be enough ever wake up to what is happening in the country. Ilhan Omar, she has uh, she has some thoughts on abolishing the police.
2: I will never stop saying, not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. The Minneapolis Police Department is rotten to the root. And so when we dismantle it, we get rid of that cancer, and we allow for something beautiful to rise?
0: That should work out well. Good job, Minneapolis. Looks like, you, uh, looks like you got things really cleaned up there. But look, you know what? Good Jesse feels sorry for the good people of Minneapolis. I do. I, I, because I have friends there. Shoot, one of my best friends in this business is there. I have friends there. I, I feel bad for him. Bad Jesse... I think you get what you get. Don't throw a fit. These major cities, cities I love, mind you, they've been courting this stuff for years. For years, this has been growing and growing and growing. And keep in mind, I want you to remember this before we go to break. These are all under one party rule. All of them, don't you find that funny? All these marches, all this anger, all this burning, all these accusations of corruption there and corruption there. One party in charge. Weird how that is, right? Weird how this isn't a massive indictment on the Democratic Party of the United States of America. That worked out, didn't it? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, you, you've got to start sleeping. I have told you about this product for long enough. You should already have one. But let me tell you something. If you're still going to bed at night and you're laying there and you're allowing the thoughts of today and the thoughts of tomorrow to race through your head and keep you awake, I don't like saying this, but it's your fault now because you know EBSleep is out there. It is a wearable device you put on your head that calms your thoughts down and puts you asleep and keeps you asleep. You have a solution waiting there for you, and it's not that bottle of sleeping pills you have right next to your bed. It's a wearable device so you can get natural sleep. Go to tryeb.com slash jessie. That's tryebb.com slash jessie. Use the promo code jessie at checkout. Get 25 bucks off. We have an amazing show. I'll see you in a few.
2: Joining me now is Bobby Chacon,
0: retired FBI agent, writer, consultant on Criminal Minds and XG Productions. Bobby, before we get into all the insanity that's going on right now... Could you talk about the funding of a police department? When funds are dispersed to a police department, do they just throw a massive rager with all that? Is it limousines and, and uh, models and extra, extra cheese pizza? Or do they do specific things with those funds?
4: Well, just, you know, there's, there's certain basic functions that a government has to serve, right? And public safety and keeping its citizens safe from anarchy and from violent mobs is probably the most fundamental service a government can provide to its citizens. So first and foremost, and, and, and police departments are very, they run the gamut from me, very small, to very large, we know. And the very basic function is patrol. We call patrol, which is a uniformed officer in a vehicle that's patrolling a neighborhood, right? That, that provides basic safety if someone needs help, if some, a car is getting broken into, a house is getting broken into, somebody's having a heart attack. You know, that police officer is the, is the first gatekeeper to all the other government services that might be available. So, you know, they are the front line of government service on providing everything to that citizen beyond just, you know, someone getting arrested. They are, they are the, the form of government at the very, very level that interfaces with its citizens.
0: They interface with their citizens. They're also the one people call for help. Now, I'm seeing major American cities, I know you've seen what's happened in Minneapolis, calling for committing to eliminating their police department. Bill de Blasio is talking about defunding it, eliminating it. He's walking it back, then he's not walking it back. These are major American cities what does that look like? I, I mean, I, when I try to picture not having any police at all in a major American city, especially a major American city with a real crime problem, I swear I picture Mad Max. Is that about what it is?
4: I mean, that, that's what it could be. I mean, I, I have a hard time imagining it, too, because the, the police department and law enforcement and public safety function has been around as long as our nation has existed. And, you know, it's one of those real things that where the cliche comes in. You better be careful what you wish for because uh, you know the police oftentimes are the only thing keeping citizens safe from anarchy from violent crime from any other thing that may come in it, it's the it's the first person you call when you need help when you're in trouble and this this overreaction this need to get a pound of flesh this need to punish someone and people in addition to punishing more than just the the officers in, in this particular case who committed the crime against George Floyd, in addition to punishing them, we, we seem to have this mob mentality if we now have to go out, we have to punish everyone that that serves in the police department functions. Well. You know, good luck, because if you abolish the police, department, who are you going to call when someone's breaking into your door or when someone's setting your business on fire or any of the other hosts of things that, that law enforcement and that public safety does for people on a day in and day out basis. I mean, I just think this is such an overreaction and such a, 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 a need for a pound of flesh quickly um, that it's going to completely backfire. You already see people like the very progressive mayor of Minneapolis, who I very rarely agree with, all of a sudden backing off of these things because they know they know what a disaster this could be.
0: Well, it's not only a disaster for the police officers and the citizens. I'm sure this mayor of Minneapolis, I'm sure his cell phone's been blowing up the past couple days. Talk about a recipe to have all your businesses and all your tax base turn around and hightail it out of town. That's right. Yeah, you're
4: exactly right. And not only that, I mean, look at who's going to be hurt the most by a lack of, of public safety. It's the people in the neighborhoods that are already inundated with crime and violent gang activity and things like that. Those are the people. Where I'm from here in Los Angeles, I mean, the people in Bel Air, they're going to retreat behind their, their gated mansions. The people in Malibu are just going to hire more private security guards to come and protect them. It's going to be the people in the poor neighborhoods in Los Angeles that that suffer from any kind of dismantling of the police.
0: Tell me about a domestic violence call for a police officer. I think because one of the proposals, the reason I bring this up, is one of the proposals is just call a social worker instead of the police during any kind of domestic incident. And I feel like the public at large does not understand how dangerous those incidents are, not just for the person being abused in the home, but for law enforcement to show up. It's one of the most volatile situations out there. And I think people just feel like, oh, it's just a husband and a wife having an argument.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right and, and I think statistics would bear you out. I think the statistics would show that it's the most some of the most dangerous calls more police officers get hurt in these domestic violence cases and why? It's because these are emotionally in- charged events. These are people acting on a passion and, and we've all heard of crimes of passion, right? Overkill, when you see a homicide scene where someone is stabbed a thousand times, they say, oh my God, this was somebody that was emotionally invested in this crime. And so a, domestic, a simple domestic violence Call is charged with emotion. And so that's where reason and logic go out the window. And it's very difficult to deal with someone when they're acting on such passion and emotion. And, and the first thing that officers usually do in those situations, and, and more and more officers are trained to do this, is de escalate the situation between the husband and wife. Now, there are jurisdictions where once you're called to a domestic violence scene, Somebody has to be arrested, either the husband or the wife, most of the time the husband, but they have to be arrested because oft, all too often in the old days, when everybody was pushed to their corners and the husband was forced to leave the house, he would come back an hour later and harm the wife, or something like that. So now there have been law changes, there have been modifications to how officers handle these things. And that's what you do when you have a problem. That's what you do when you have a problem in policing or public safety. You look at the issue and you come up with, with solutions that are going to benefit the people that are involved. You don't talk about dismantling. We didn't talk about this years ago when domestic violence really exploded and and, and police officers were responding to these things. Uh, 90% of their calls, what we did was we looked at the laws, we changed the laws. We also instituted different training for police officers and how they were gonna handle this, and, and, and it worked. And that's what you do when you're confronted with a problem, you come up with solutions. You don't come up with dismantling as a solution
0: are most of the guys you served with in law enforcement are they absolute bullies out there trying to attack the vulnerable people and specifically black people in this country or are they out there trying to do some good
4: well again we only have to look at statistics i mean my personal situation i was raised by a father who was an nypd detective and later an nypd sergeant my brother was an nypd detective and later an nypd sergeant i went into the fbi I know, I was raised in a cop family. I was raised by a cop. I know that 99%, if not more, of cops are good, hardworking and want to do the job, want to keep people safe. That's what they're out there to do. They get hurt every day. They, they put their lives on the line for very little pay. Uh, you know, my dad had his college degree. He could have went on into something else. He didn't have to do this, but he had instilled in him in a, from a family legacy, a, a call to service. And that's what these people are. They're called to service. Yes, there are mistakes. Yes, there are bad apples. Yes, there are criminals who wind up getting into the police department wearing uniform. And we have mechanisms for dealing with that. If those mechanisms aren't operating properly, then we have to look at those mechanisms. We have to bolster them and we have to realign them and we have to fund them more so that those mechanisms to weed out bad cops are more strengthened, okay? It's not a matter of, punishing the police officers or punishing the police department which seems to be this man dismantling of the police department movement is about punishing the police departments and they want their pound of flesh 99.9 percent and again the statistics are out there you can see how many police officers are you can see how many calls they go on every day all of this stuff is reported the fbi maintains the ucr the uniform crime reporting and and you can look at the statistics about what what the facts are get back to the facts How many police officers commit these kind of crimes? How many police officers use excessive force? The numbers are there. Just look at them. Don't act on emotion. Act on fact. Act on the statistics that that are compiled. Look at them. If you want to compile your own, then compile your own. But look at the facts. And then if you want to change the way something's happening, then do it based on facts, not emotion.
0: Bobby, what can be done to keep that cop or, or cops like him or, or any bad cop? What can be done to keep him out of the streets? I mean, it's a cop. Look, it's a legitimate complaint not to go after all the cops, but it's, it's a legitimate complaint to look at a guy. Something horrible happens. We see it on videotape. We look at his record. His record's really bad, and he's still out there. People want to know why. What can be done to make sure a guy like that isn't wearing a badge anymore?
4: Well, there's a couple of things. Number one, um, you know, police unions are very powerful and the, it's really hard to, uh, once somebody's a civil servant, to take a discipline against them. I think that there has to be a look at that. I think that's one thing. And, and, and that is going to, believe me, get the ire of a lot of my colleagues in law enforcement, but that's one thing. Number two is um, uh, community involvement. The community gets the police department it deserves. Communities have to be involved in policing. They have to be given the opportunity. I would prefer... To see some kind of law enforcement or public safety, public um, service um, body come together where you do have people from the community that are much more ingrained into the public safety function. Maybe they have, you know, part, maybe they're in the same building or something like the way the public safety and the community are acting together and working together. I think that would do a lot to each of them to see the other's um, point of view. So one of the other things we need to do is we need to enable or empower other police officers from acting against the bad actors. So too often we see police officers that aren't willing to point the finger at a coworker who they don't want to, they'll go to their sergeant and they'll say, I don't want to ride with that guy. Because I, I think there's a potential there. I just don't like the way he's acts." <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't I don't like the way he acts out in the street. I don't want to ride with that guy, Sarge. And the sergeant will make that those accommodations. But that it has to go beyond that because sometimes by pointing out to one of your co-workers or your fellow cops that they may have an issue then you get ostracized i think the mentality and the culture in some police departments needs to change how that happens is is a very structural argument and i think that we have to empower police officers who see and witness other police officers doing bad to act and I think that that's one of the things you saw in Minneapolis when you saw three people, three officers doing something bad and the fourth just standing there watching I think the mentality has to change I mean if somebody is, is using excessive force, other officers have to be duty bound to, to respond and stop that aggressive overuse of force
0: Bobby Chacon thank you so much for your time that was outstanding
4: thank you very much, thanks for having me
0: Well, we actually have even more stuff to unpack, but who else is better to do it than me? Hang on. One thing I've always found very, very interesting about politics, and I don't know why, I just find it interesting, I guess it's not just politics, celebrities in general, anybody in the public eye, anybody famous, is why none of them seem to be able to just go away, to just let it go. Now look, I'm obviously a huge huge important celebrity, so I totally get what that's like. But I don't understand these people who at some point in their life have achieved some level of importance out there. They're in the public eye, people are like, "Hey, can I take a picture with you for Instagram and all that other stuff?" I get that. Fine. What I don't get is when all that's done, and you're set up and you got some money and you got a you got a little SUV in the driveway, maybe a lake house somewhere, go do a little fishing. Why does that happen? And you can't just go away. You can't just stay away. Am I the one who's weird? I feel like I'm the one who's weird. And someday, believe it or not, the first is going to come to me and they're going to say, Jesse, you're not the best in the world anymore because they say that to me all the time. But someday they're going to come say that to me, I'm sure. Or I'm just going to get old and fat and I'm just not going to do TV. And I'm going to say Goodbye. And when that day comes, I have news for you. I know you're going to find this heartbreaking. You're never going to see me again. If you need me, I'm going to be on a bass boat somewhere. I'm going to be golfing. I'm going to be sitting on a yacht in the Mediterranean, throwing grapes in the air into my mouth. I mean, let's be honest. I'm probably going to have stolen that boat because I won't be able to afford it, but I'm still going to be there in the Mediterranean. So these people like Colin Powell, who can't just go away really weird me out. So I'm going to play you the video here in a second. But who was asking for this? Who in the world got up yesterday, day before, the week before that, the week before that, and said, man, I wonder what Colin Powell's doing? Nobody, nobody on earth. And yet out he comes, off to the video cameras. Why is
4: it so important to you that President Trump not be reelected? because I think he has been not an effective president. He lies all the time. He began lying the day of inauguration when we got into an argument about the size of the crowd that was there. Um, People are writing books about his favorite thing of lying, and I don't think that's in our interest. I didn't vote for him in 2006. The situation for 2020, in my mind, in my life, has gotten worse. Every American citizen has to sit down, think it through, and make a decision on their own. Don't listen to the everybody out there. Don't read every newspaper. Think it through. Use your common sense and say, "Is this good for my country?" Before you say, "This is good for me."
0: Yeah. Well, whew, I don't know about you. That has changed my mind since Colin Powell said so. So again, the man's entitled to his opinion. I just, as soon as I saw Colin Powell was in the news again, my first thought, before I even knew what he said, was. Wait, why? Trump, as you can imagine, was not going to let that go. So he took to Twitter and said this. Quote, Colin Powell was a pathetic interview today on Fake News CNN. In his time, he was weak and gave away everything to everybody. So bad for the USA. Also, got the weapons of mass destruction totally wrong. And you know what that mistake cost us? Sad. Only negative questions asked. And you know what? Like that tweet or hate it? Donald Trump brings up an interesting point. Colin Powell has a long record of service. Certainly can't criticize all of it, but there are some very, very, very public failures there. Even if you don't retire just because you want to live the good life, maybe after the whole Iraq thing, maybe you do say, well... I don't think I need to be out there anymore. Just a thought. All right, we're going to talk to Kurt Schlichter about Colin Powell and a lot more. Hang on. Joining me now, townhall.com's very own Kurt Schlichter. Kurt, Colin Powell. He's a Joe Biden man now. Explain to me exactly how so many Republicans from that era have turned out to be so incredibly useless.
3: (laughs) Look, Colin Powell is one of the architects of failure that made Donald Trump imperative. He's got a, you know, I'm sure he was fine during the Cold War, but these are guys who established themselves during the Cold War and establish themselves within the establishment. So now that we need something different, and we manifestly do, uh, he's defending the past because that's all he knows. Now, you're you're a military guy. You understand how general officers are. They are used to leading large groups of people without dissent in the pursuit of an objective that they set or set. Well, uh, a constitutional republic like the United States is entirely different. Everybody pursues their own objective within a framework of civil rights and laws, and that's not—that's not how generals work. Generals like people to shut up and do what they're told, and a whole bunch of Republicans refused to shut up and do what they were told. Instead, they went out and got this guy who doesn't live, or think, or act like Colin Powell does. Um, who also, frankly. Refuse to uh, genuflect to uh, uh, Colin Powell. One of the most irritating things for the establishment about Donald Trump is he refuses to uh, accept that the designated paragons of integrity and competence are, have either have integrity or display competence. And you know, I, I thought Colin Powell was adequate in the uh, uh, Gulf War. I mean, I was there, uh, but the weapons of mass destruction thing in Iraq—I mean, that was just a disaster. And, you know, you
0: would think that these guys would have a little humility. That's a great That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up, Kirk, because this is what's always blown me away. It's one thing to, to not have Colin Powell or to not expect Colin Powell to go in the public eye every day and personally flog himself and apologize for major screw-ups. I get that. I mean, he moved on. Mistakes happen. It's another thing to make massive screw-ups, massive screw-ups. I mean, screw-ups that cost lives, And then from that point on, just move right along and still go to the public eye as if you're some voice of reason. I'm sorry. I remember Patriot Colin Powell on camera endorsing Barack Obama for president because of the color of his skin. He said that. He said that it was time for that, as if that's how we should decide the chief executive of the United States of America based on race or gender or anything like that. Colin Powell hasn't been relative since about that moment.
3: Look, the the entire establishment of the Republican Party has been completely uh, undermined by its own incompetence, arrogance, and failure. It simply has. There's there's no other argument. I mean, they they've been a disaster, and they've been totally rejected. Donald Trump's running around with some like 90 to 95 percent Republican approval. And why is it? It's exactly like guys like Colin Powell who were uh, uh, competent in their areas, in their time, yet somehow expect us to defer to them after they have demonstrated a track record of failure. And I, I, don't, I don't see why I'm supposed to care what a guy who voted for Barack Obama twice and Hillary Clinton wants thinks. I, 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 why, why am I supposed to care? I mean, he, he, he thought that uh, uh, John McCain and Mitt Romney were too far, or, you know, far too dangerous figures to support. I mean, my God, Mitt Romney, you know, the uh, uh, the, the senator from Miracle Whip uh, was out there this, uh, you know, this Sunday uh, uh, walking around. I mean, it, it's just. And, and, and he's and he's too extreme. No. Burn, I, I hate your establishment
0: and I want to see it burned is donald trump looking at a guaranteed re-election kurt I, I look i can't make sense of anything out there i mean i say don't trust the polls everyone says don't trust the polls so i don't trust the polls at the same time he's down nationally in every poll and down significantly i know there are major major arguments with how he handled the lockdowns how he handled all this riot nonsense what does november look like for donald trump
3: good gosh <laughs> It's very strange because we're we're being told by all the uh, unimpe- uh, all the sources of integrity and competence that Donald Trump is doomed, and 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 he may be, but also told us that about Hillary Clinton. And I think I tweeted this weekend. It was a very popular tweet. You know, when people put out polls, I, I have no doubt that some of them are outright fraud designed to elicit a specific advantage. That being said, I, I, I'm not one of those people who thinks it's a shoe in for Donald Trump. I think he's more likely than not to win once people start getting serious about the election. Once people start getting serious about the election, that means they're serious about looking at Joe Biden. And I bet if you talk to 100 people, only 20% will go, oh, yeah, he's going senile. The rest will go, oh, he's a nice guy. I'd have a beer with him. He's harmless." So the election hasn't really started yet. I think Donald Trump's in a very strong position in some ways. Uh, I think he's got some vulnerabilities in others. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know the voices of the people who think that Donald Trump is uh, uh, the right candidate are not the voices you hear in the media. And I think there's a reason for that. I think we're we're supposed to feel alone. I think we're supposed to feel dejected. I think we're supposed to feel uh, hopeless. And I don't feel that way.
0: What is Donald Trump's priority? Let's assume he gets reelected. What is the most important thing he should do with his last four years in office to set up the future of this nation? Is it economical? Is it cultural? Is it judges? Is there a law he should get passed? If Donald Trump could do just one thing, what should it be?
3: Well, I, I, I think he needs to have one main effort, which means doing a lot of things. Uh, frankly, I think his econ- economic stuff is relatively easy. I mean, he does it without breaking the sweat. What he has to do is undermine the establishment that is holding on to power after decades of failure. And that means uh, judges in the court. To understand the Constitution. That means uh, uh, re, uh, reforming the bureaucracy and eliminating a lot of it. That means addressing uh, ongoing festering wounds like academia. Why are we subsidizing these uh, uh, communist indoctrination centers? I don't want my money going to uh, you know the Goucher College Gender Studies program. Um, we need The nice thing about Trump is he is woke to the fight. He understands who the enemy is and he understands what the enemy wants to do and that the enemy is serious about doing it. Guys like Colin Powell are not. Guys like folks like Nikki Haley are not. Nikki Haley wants, wants to reach across the aisle and be friends with people. Well they want to beat the hell out of you and you can reach across the aisle but what's going to come back is a fist and until you understand that and focus on winning, you're not. I want to see Donald Trump uh, set up uh, a, a future where we are not held as surf to a dying, greedy, pathetic, corrupt establishment. I, I feel like we're the last few uh, decades of the Roman Republic where it was a shell of itself uh, just going downhill. We can make a U-turn or we can move ahead and history tells us that's not going to be fun. Kurt Schlichter,
0: Townhall.com. Appreciate you, brother. Adios, my friend. He's right about that U-turn. We need to make one quickly. All right. We got one more thing for you today. Hang on for it. I don't have any interests or hobbies. I'm what they call a disassociated sociopath. I'm not even kidding. I have friends who accuse me of this. So when I see people with real hobbies, it fascinates me. I wish I wanted to have one. It's not that I wish I had one. I wish I had some desire to have one, but I don't. So when I see handymen like this do awesome stuff, it makes me think, where does that come from? Even still, this is cool. Respect where it's due. That is friggin' awesome. We are going to have another great show for you tomorrow. We're going to have a bunch of them this week. See you then. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are...